Welcome to Big Boy Movies, a podcast about movies and the big boys who watch them. I'm one of your big boys, Matt Beebe. <laughs> and I'm another one of your big boys, John George. Whoa. I thought we, I thought we could make a little bit more dramatic. I feel like our show's not dramatic enough. So, you know, get a little not pause in there. Leave them waiting. Yeah. Give them a surprise. Just like... Um, Artemis Fowl. That was a really suspenseful film. Uh, drops are enabled, <laughs> as uh, handsome Twitch yeah. lads saying in the Twitch chat. We still do this live. I know we don't mention as much anymore, but if you're listening to the audio version, you're a loser, and we do it live every Friday. Yes, every Friday we get Bill O'Reilly on, and we say, fuck it, we're <laughs> doing it live. And, and that's suspenseful. And every week, John painstakingly cuts out all of Bill O'Reilly's commentary from the audio version. Uh, it takes a lot of work. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So if you want to see that, you have to watch it live on Twitch every Friday night uh, at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and then do the math if you're in the middle of the country. Yeah, please yeah. do the math. I feel bad for please. them. Uh, well, usually, usually, like, when I watch Nick, they would, like, say Eastern, Central, and Pacific, but they would never say mountain, so I feel bad for the mountain time people. Oh, yeah, no, when I was... When I lived in New York, it was definitely like Nickelodeon would give you Eastern and Central. No one ever talks about mountain. I mean, do they have TVs in the mountains? I don't no think really so. Knows. I think that's yeah. why. That's mainly why. They, they never get the times for anything because uh, they just can't watch anything or do anything, yeah. really. Yeah, the civil, civilization hasn't made its way all the way to the mountains yet and their illustrious <laughs> time zone. So they're sort of isolated from all of us. Oh, Tom in the chat is bringing up the classic uh, tide goes in, tide goes out uh, argument from our podcast that Bill O'Reilly brought up. That was from our podcast. Obviously. Yeah, it's it's true. Yeah, no, Bill O'Reilly <laughs> constantly makes that point about the tides and how you can't explain them no matter how hard you try. It's, um, and yeah, I've it's tried. Weird. He shoots me down every time. <laughs> it's yeah, I really did not like the time him and Marty got into it about the Irishman. And oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. It was yeah. really a lot of back and forth and a lot of argument about tides, even though that movie doesn't really take place <laughs> near the ocean. It was um, really weird. Yeah. No, it's it's a, a small glimpse into what our presidential debates, debates might sound like this year. <laughs> just two old men just yelling constantly <laughs> about nonsense. Why is Marty not running for president? Come on, Marty. Yeah, Our, well, Marty's I guess he's got to run for mayor of New York first. That's uh, true. Mar- Marty hasn't beaten de Blasio yet. That's his first <laughs> step. It's it's beaten out de Blasio. And uh, then it's it's off to the races. President Scorsese. I guess De Niro will be his running mate. Uh, <laughs> it's just going to be. Yeah, it's going to be a real good time for America. <laughs> his name's Bob. All right. Don't call him De Niro. His name's Bob. That's that's true. Bob. Bobby D is <laughs> as we all call him. Bobby D. Um, but yeah, so this Thanks is for the podcast. host, handsome Twitch lad. <laughs> oh, always thankful for that host. Um, this is a podcast about movies, traditionally. Historically, I would say it's a podcast about movies. Um, but neither of us have really watched any movies in the last week, and there's a reason for that. Um, yeah. I'll talk about my reason first, because it is harder to explain um so uh, as we all know last podcast i phoned it in i was very mad i even had to do the podcast because it was the day that last of us part two had just come out and since then i have beaten the game i beat it in two days about um two and a half i guess i started on friday night and i played it all day saturday all day sunday finished it sunday night um and i can firmly say now that it is maybe one of the best games i've ever played um, one of the best stories I've ever experienced in media that sounds hyperbolic. And I know there's a ton of controversy about it, which I don't really feel like addressing here. Um, but for me personally, I, I was, I think I even talked to John about it after I finished it. I talked to uh, a few of my friends being like, I just, for whatever reason, this game just got me and it got me good in a way that a lot of movies and games haven't before. And genuinely, after finishing it, I just didn't want to watch or play anything. (laughs) I was just so wrapped up in it. And I just, I couldn't stop thinking about it and and everything that had happened in the game. 
I didn't want to play the game again because it's such an emotional journey uh, that you have to go on to to play it again, which I will do. I'm pretty sure I can get the platinum off my second playthrough, so I'm going to try and do that. And there's new game plus, so I get a whole bunch of you know upgrades and all that. But yeah, the no spoilers at all. But I I can't believe how hard they slam dunked that game. Uh, it's wow. it's incredible. It's beautiful. It's emotional. I was just a complete emotional wreck after I finished it. Um, and yeah, congrats to everyone at Naughty Dog who who made that thing because I can't, I still can't believe it. Uh, wow. But yeah, I I still I'm struggling to like, play anything because I'm just like, well, nothing's gonna be that again. Like <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima comes out next month, which I've been excited for. That's the next big PlayStation exclusive. It's like the last one for this generation, and I'm like. I guess that'll be good, but it's not going to be that. It's not going to be yeah. Last of Us Part Two. Yeah. So, so it was better than the I'm first at. one then. Better than the first one. I don't know. And I'm I'm still hot off of the the end of it, and I still have to do my second playthrough and all that, where I'll probably maybe have a little bit more of a critical eye. Um, I I think there's a world in which I commit to saying that this is better than the first one. Um, it definitely recontextualizes the first one in a lot of ways. But it's it's hard to say for me for now. The first one's a classic. It's always going to be a classic. Um, but as far as like a one-two punch, two of the best video games ever made. Uh, and I'm, I'm so glad I got to experience them both. Yeah, well, because of BB, BB hyped me up so much that uh, we're going to be doing uh, Last of Us and Last of Us 2 on this podcast. Yes, uh, big boy gaming will be happening. Yep, uh, and it's I would consider it a movie because, well, the reason why I haven't seen a movie this week is because we are going to try to r- rush, get me through Last of Us 1. I got it on Monday, and I was going to try to play all of it in time for today. That did not happen because of work, mainly. Um, but uh, I, I, my favorite parts of the game are the cutscenes. Like, I'm like all <laughs> hands on deck once the cutscenes come. Like, I'm like, yes. Uh, but that's mainly because I'm off. Like I, it's been a while since I've like played a shooter on a controller. So I think I'm just like struggling really yeah. hard at aiming mainly. Um, and also my TV's dark. I've talked to BB about that a bunch. I'll talk yeah. about more on the podcast, but um, I, I would consider these games movies because the story is very good. Uh, yeah, I, re- I reject that a little bit because that's often an argument people use to detract from the games and they're like, oh, they're just movies like they're not video games. And uh, I it's I'm full disclosure. I won't be I probably won't be replaying the first one before our, our discussion, but I've played that game so many times. It's just in my bones like I could talk about that for hours. You know, the last time I played it was a few months ago, so it's not that distant for me. Um, but the gameplay in those games are solid gameplay in part two, I think is much better. Um, and I'm excited for you to sort of dig into that. But even talking about aiming, those aims are, those games are designed to make aiming difficult, Mm. um, because things are so tense and like your characters aren't super soldiers. It's not call of duty where your reticle just snaps to whatever you're looking at. Um, so it's, it's built, it's, it's built around sort of tension. It definitely takes, inspiration from like resident evil where even if your aim is decent like a lot of the enemies move around and especially the zombies are like all twitchy so it's hard to get headshots yeah Um, very true but yeah we'll talk about all that and more when we do our our last of us episodes i assume next week we'll probably do the first one maybe allow another two weeks for the second one because the second one is a lot longer um um, unless you really fall down the rabbit hole like i did but Yeah, no, I'm I'm super excited for that. Um, God, I, and we're cooking up something else that I'm so excited about. That I yeah, we we have a few do, projects but. that that we have in the works for big boy movies. So look forward to that, uh, and we'll definitely watch more movies on any I mean, given week. Eventually, when we're not consumed um, by Palm, Neil Palm Springs comes out soon. So yeah, no, and and you know what's great is now we're finally in a world where we can watch movies made in 2020. It is <laughs> yeah. truly a gift to us. That two weeks in a row now, we can watch recent releases um, that were... <laughs> you know what's great about this movie that we watched this week? Is it wasn't even made for 2020. This movie was <laughs> supposed to debut like last year, I think. And it just kept getting pushed. And then finally, they were like, all right, we'll release it in, in like summer 2020. And then, oops, 
can't do that now. They should have just uh, they should have just kept pushing it, baby, until they fixed this. <laughs> yeah, <thing. laughs> they they didn't want to have to compete with Tenet, which will be pushed back two weeks for the rest of time. Yep, it seems like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Chris Nolan doesn't want he he is going to release it in theaters, so it'll he be wants to release it in theaters. It. Apparently, a big reason for that is he want and the reason he wants it to be a summer release is because he wants his movie to be like a thing that helps save movie theaters. Where it's like, I'm going to do a huge blockbuster release in the summer where no other blockbuster releases are and people are going to flock to these movie theaters to see Tenet and and AMC and uh, uh, Cinemark and all these other places are going to be so happy that I, Christopher Nolan, saved the movies. They will worship me. (laughs) They will finally worship me as the god I am. Uh, My next movie is just going to be 40 minutes of organ music and people talking backwards, but that's fine. Everyone's going to see it. That'd be so good. (laughs) That's honestly, I think that's the trajectory Christopher Nolan is on at this point. Like Uh, he he had his thing with Memento where we're like, ooh, that was interesting. And then he did Batman (laughs) and we're like, all right, now we're all on the Christopher Nolan train. And Christopher Nolan was like, no. We're doing Memento, but more and more confusing. And every time I make a movie, it's just going to be more incomprehensible. Yeah. Um, and then he made Dunkirk and he was like, well, maybe I'll just take a break. Uh, yeah. and but just even do, like, Dunkirk, he was like, but we're going to make time a little bit weird. <laughs> every was like time every weird? Movie. It was just, they just like, they basically just followed three different things, not in a time timely yeah, matter, I guess. but it was still a little confusing because it's hard for the human brain to parse things being in three different like time dilations yeah very true very true it was it, it was yeah i like i like dunkirk a lot but yeah, uh, it was a good movie <laughs> i'm just saying that christopher nolan is on path to have a movie where it's 4900 minutes of organ music and everyone talks backwards <laughs> except for the very end where michael kane looks into the camera and goes like time and that's the movie <laughs> i'm like i don't know i'm at the point of my life where i realize um i saw all the christopher Nolan movies when i was a teenage boy and that was like the the audience <laughs> that saw christopher Nolan movies and had their mind yeah. blown so, oh yeah absolutely i christopher nolan's a great director don't get me wrong yeah. i just think it's funny that like every movie he does is slowly getting more confusing with time I think the prestige uh, is overrated to be honest. I don't like that movie that much. Oh, I really like the prestige. Shut your fucking mouth. I'll fight you. <laughs> okay, let's fight. Okay. Hit uh, uh, <laughs> Kid X says, I think the point with the three timelines intersecting was to keep it a mystery. Um Yeah, I can see that. It it definitely built suspense for all the characters, but like I say, it's more like a brain problem where you're watching the movie. It's hard to comprehend that like this story is taking place over like a week and this story is taking place over three hours and yeah. sort of <laughs> balancing that in your head. I was just, Dunkirk. I was just like in for the ride. I think I, yeah. I think that was the one Christopher Nolan movie that didn't make me think I was just like I was I was taking a ride because that movie is like constantly just action. There's barely any moments to breathe. Yeah, it's it's a lot of tension. Yeah, uh, which is cool. But uh, God, now we have to talk about Artemis Fowl after this. I've I've postponed it for as long as I could. We must speak of Artemis Fowl. If you're in the chat and you're like, oh, no, I don't want spoils for spoilers for Artemis Fowl. Stay here. You don't. It doesn't. You're going to get as much out of the movie here as you will by watching it on Disnoid Plus. (laughs) You'll Uh, get more. You're almost certainly going to get more out of this. Um because I guess the first thing I'll say before even giving impressions is that nothing happens in this movie. Oh yeah. Uh, I have not read any of the books. That is a good question. Yeah. I forgot it was, there were books, but I yeah, got to imagine I they these butchered them. I, am, I imagine they butchered the hell out of them. <laughs> yeah. This was a night. This was like a 95 minute movie. Any book that, movie that is 95 minutes has butchered the book. There's no doubt. Yeah, I I knew it was a book and I knew some kids in like elementary school who were big fans of them. I had never read them, Um, but I I watched the movie and I was like, this is not a full book's worth of material. Um, Absolutely not. Maybe a couple. Yeah. uh, But speaking of which, John, did you know that um, 
uh, underground. There's a whole society of critics <laughs> and and they've lived there for a thousand years. Wow, and they're the really? ones who write user reviews on Metacritic. Holy cow, I didn't even know that. Did you yeah. discover that? I Yeah, well, you see, the thing was, I was looking for a critics corner this week and I dug straight down into the ground through my second floor <laughs> apartment. So I did have to make a big hole in my floor and then a big hole in the garage below me. Did you use your um, mouth? <laughs> yeah, I did use my mouth, actually. I was, I'm glad you brought that up as I did unhinge my jaw like a horrible snake man and uh, eat my way into the earth where I discovered the, the <laughs> Critics Corner Cove, as they call it, where they write all the Metacritic user reviews. And I was gifted with a user review in the shape of a walnut, I guess. Their most <laughs> sacred review. That definitely does a thing that makes sense and I understand. Nice. Um, <laughs> and this most sacred review uh, comes from, oh boy, I think it's Trip Flip. It's trip TRPFLP. Flip. I'm going to call them Trip Flip. Trip Flip. Trip flip, and here's here's kind of some new territory beyond just discovering the Critics Cove, is that this is a review that technically agrees with us. Uh, oh. It is a negative review of the movie. Um, That's a new flip, thing. Yeah, yeah. It's still not a great review, um, <laughs> but, but it does agree with us. So uh, here I will say Trip Flip gives the movie 0 out of 10. And Trip Flip says... After waiting so many years for film adaptations of the books, I feel like what just happened... Wait. It feels like what happened when I waited for a new Star Wars movies and was rewarded with The Phantom Menace. How dare you scar this emotional trauma on upon me, Sir Branagh? <laughs> this dude's mad. That's, that's the director, right? <laughs> yeah, the director is Sir Branagh. Uh, who I just we looked up before the podcast that he's um, from he's from Game of Thrones. Yes, and he directed the live action Cinderella uh, and Murder on the Orient Express and Thor, the first Thor, but none of the other Thors. Um, so yeah, this person is is so sad because they got the Phantom Menace and now they have emotional trauma. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. There is another review I would like to highlight because this one's actually funny. I don't usually do this where I take someone who made a joke that made me laugh and then read it because that's not the point of Critics Corner. That's a good critic. Um, This is a good critic. Um, (laughs) Yes, this one comes from uh, Tansden54. They also gave it a zero. They say, this is the dumbest, emptiest film ever made, ever. I would walk out of this film given the chance, even if I was on a plane. Wow, <laughs> that is pretty good. That Which I thought was good. pretty funny, yeah. Um, no one's watching it on a plane right now, but this guy would commit to it. I wonder if he walked out of his house when he, he was watching it. Wow. Oh, we got Instead a little... of turning it off, he was like, oh, God, this sucks, and he just got up and left his house with the movie still running. We got a little uh, tidbit from 8Kid in chat. Uh, he said Kenneth Braun is also Gilderoy Lockhart in Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That That's a character that we all remember and love. And guess what no, movie he's in character. that we just talked about? He's in uh, Dunkirk <laughs> and Tenet. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, hey, there's a little connect. So him and maybe Christopher Nolan should have a conversation about yeah. how like, directing a a movie movie is yeah that would be good i think for for him he's literally like the fourth build actor in tenet so (laughs) this guy's actually a good actor i guess (laughs) yeah i guess that's well what from what i've heard cinderella is apparently the best live action disney remake they've done Mm. um so i guess he's got that going for him and thor one isn't the worst thor yeah so that's definitely dark world (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's definitely Dark World. I mean, the worst Marvel Thor movie in is, general. is not great, but it's not terrible. It's, it's not Ar- Artemis Fowl. <laughs> it's not sure. Artemis Fowl. And I, I haven't heard much about Murder on the Orient Express either, but I can't imagine that is Artemis Fowl because yeah. it's hard to make something that's not this not good. 
Oh, he also stars in Murder on the Orient Express. So, oh, whoa. Okay, okay, Mr. Adam Sandler <laughs> over here. I direct and write and star. I'm Kevin wow. James. <laughs> um, it kid says Artemis Fowl, uh, but with a memento like timeline. I don't even know how that would work. That would be sick. <laughs> Having this the movie, movie would play a- forward and reverse at the same time. <laughs> although, although the the movie did do the thing where it like started with the end, I guess, which took me a while to figure out. They weren't super clear about what was happening until yeah. the very very last moment. I did assume that was the end of the movie at the start. It's so baffling because uh, they don't really do anything with that. Also, real quick, general impressions, it sucks. Don't fucking waste your 95 minutes. Just it's not good. Us. Yeah, listen to us. This is We did this so you don't have to. Yeah. This was us book. pulling the ripcord on Last of Us and what a <laughs> and our our parachute barely deployed in time. We broke our legs but we're alive. We're here. Uh, um, but yeah, I Artemis Fowl, man. What a what a film. At least I have a guaranteed, I feel like, worst film of the year for me so far. Okay, yeah, that's good. We can... I, we don't really do worst films at the biggies. <laughs> but maybe we can. Yeah, I, I mean, do wanna... here's the thing. There's got to be an award somewhere for Mulch Duggins. No, Cats did not come out this year. It came out yeah, last Cats year. came out last year. That was eligible for last year's biggies. So yes, we unfortunately was. cannot include Cats again. Go back to that episode. You can hear us uh, talk about Cats a little bit. It obviously won every award. So Yeah, yeah, it's true. We, we have a full episode on Cats as well as the biggies where we feature Cats pretty heavily. Okay. I, I want to talk about Mulch, uh, Mulch Diggums. Um, Mulch Diggums. That's his name. Yes. I want to talk about him because this sounds like a name that Justin McElroy just made up on the spot. Or <laughs> That's something. true. That does sound like a, like one of the McElroys just had to come up with something really fast. <laughs> it's like literally every time I heard mulch diggums, I was, I heard it in Justin McElroy's voice. Yeah, no, that's was, literally, you know what it is? It's because that's like a name they would come up with on monster factory. Oh. They would make like a horrible character in like Bloodborne or something and be like, this is mulch diggums and he loves <laughs> eating dirt. <laughs> I literally couldn't stop thinking about the McElroy brothers. This whole movie, I was like, this is, yeah. they should have got one of him to play, one of them to play mulch diggums instead oh of Josh. Oh my God. Gant. Could you imagine the McElroys in this movie? That would be so good. They've been in Trolls 2 now. Their star yeah. is rising. Get them in more of these shitty <laughs> YA movies. <laughs> They absolutely deserve to be stars at this point. Um, yeah. Enough with the podcast. They need to move on to cinema. Cinema. Yeah, they don't have a movie podcast. That's the ultimate goal, right? Get the McElroys on here. Maybe we could join their we can join their podcast network. Oh, <laughs> maximum ad- fun. They can adopt. Yeah, fuck it. They can adopt us, and we'll become McElroy sons. <laughs> Oh yeah, they do have children, all of them. But I feel yeah. like they could they could open their homes to maybe one or two more. Please, I, I would we appreciate. We could be the Mackle boys. Um, so I wrote notes during this movie because that's what I do when movies make me laugh. Um, okay, I think good. I I have I didn't take notes, but I have. Um, oh yeah, a kid says we should be in the next Artemis Fowl movie. Please, <laughs> we should. Uh, wouldn't that be great? I, I so. You know, we're going to pause real quick. So who would we be in the Artemis Fowl sequel? Um, I feel like I want I like part of my heart is like, oh, I'll be a fairy. But like, I feel like we should be mulch diggums adjacent. Like we should have something to do with him, right? (laughs) I'll be wheat sawgrass and I'll um, you're like the lawnmower. Yeah, I'm the lawnmower. So I use my mouth to cut grass. Okay, great. Yeah, so Mulch Diggums doesn't like eating the grass, so you sort of get rid of the grass so he can go straight for the dirt. Yeah, so I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wheat is my name, so, uh, yes. And I'll be, I'll be, um, like, stone, I'll be like stone big chomp. (laughs) You just eat rocks, or? Yeah, and I eat the rocks. That way we have all of the sort of ground dirt elements covered. (laughs) We will consume the earth by the end of the movie is we will have consumed the entire planet um, of all of its 
materials. That's, that's how Opal Cowboy tries to stop them in the next one, is he uh, sort of stops Mulch Diggums in his tracks by putting stones under the ground. And he can't eat stones. He can eat dirt. He can't eat stones, though. Yeah. Uh, a kid uh, says we could be one of us could be an underwater specialist. Um, that would have been the smarter thing to say, I suppose. Uh, but I like the idea that we're all sort of the same guy, just with different parts of the ground, <laughs> just different elements of the ground. Would, would we also mulch. be giant dwarves, or would we be regular dwarves? We'd be. I am a regular dwarf, uh, and you must be. No, you know what he, I think it, it is. Like, I think I'm a. I think I'm a regular dwarf and you're just a, a guy who yeah, likes I'm eating just, grass. <laughs> I'm just a dude who <laughs> likes eating grass. I can't really pull my mouth or anything. Like I'm just a normal dude. I just, yeah, so you just, just sort of like grab fistfuls of grass and jam <laughs> them into your mouth. <laughs> just start eating them. My name's Wheat. What was it? It was Wheat Sawgrass. <laughs> yeah, I'm Wheat Sawgrass. And you're like, oh, God. No, you don't have to do that. <laughs> Please, sir. <laughs> Stop pulling out the grass. Sir, I've seen your driver's license. It says Derek on it. <laughs> Oh, this is Artemis Fowl. <laughs> we have an emotional scene where John George can't pull a weed out and has an existential crisis. Absolutely. <laughs> You're too weak to weed. I'm too weak. The weeds are too hard. I only do grass and I. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well. Oh, um, um, yeah. Oh yeah what, mulch, so give, give me a note. I, I mean, mulch. Okay. So. My one of my first notes is why does Mulch Diggums? Well, it says Mulch Diggins because I thought it was Diggins at first, but apparently it's Diggins. Oh, okay. Um, use a Batman voice. Can he s- please stop? It's hard on my ears. I had the same thought. I was like, why is Josh Gad putting on this voice? And then immediately I was like, why is is it? It's Helen Miram, right? Um, let me go back to the page to make yeah, sure. Yeah, please. Judy, the, the older, Judy Dench, isn't it? Judy Dench, that's right. I, Of course, yeah. I was like, why is Judy Dench also doing that voice? Yeah. There dude, are two people in this movie putting on the Batman voice. Literally, that. what are my notes? <laughs> Let me find this note. <laughs> people in the fairy world must smoke a lot of cigs. All their voices are so coarse. <laughs> yeah. And she has the same voice. Like, why are they both Batman? <laughs> they, I don't know if they really ever have a full conversation with each other, but it's literally just like, oh, hey, Mulch Dickums. Oh, hey, Fairy Commander. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. That was like <laughs> the, 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 one, the one time they have a full conversation. It's like the big, um, it's like the big comedy scene, I feel like, because he's just making all these jokes and he reveals that David Bowie is a fairy, apparently, a, not a human. Oh, I missed that. I'm going to be honest. I said I was phoning it in last week. I'm, I'm, I really, I phoned it in for real this week. I was half watching this movie because I had to watch it during my lunch break and it went over my lunch break and I was like, all right, it's a little bit of work, a little bit of arm is foul. Holy um, cow. That's, kids that's right. a nice Judy detail. Dench, Judy Dutch was in both cats and this film. <laughs> wow. Fucking rip roaring time for Judy Dench. Oh my god! No wonder I recognized her, but I was like, "Where are her cat ears?" You know, that's that's what was missing. Yeah, no, at no point in this movie was she was like, "A cat is not a dog." <laughs> <laughs> Artemis Fowl, I will give you eternal life if you win the Jellicle Ball. Why in the world? Does, why do they talk like this? It's so annoying. <laughs> It's just talk bizarre. like with a normal Josh Gad. Just I talk can, with your normal voice. I don't. Care. I can almost understand Mulch Diggums because he eats dirt, and I have to imagine that fucks <laughs> yeah, up your throat. Okay, and jo- obviously Josh Gad has a pretty high pitched voice, um, but Judy Dench has no excuse other than I guess she's like a tough old commander of yeah, the no fairy problem. army. She wants a dirt too. All right. Um, back in the yeah. day, her and Mulch were good friends. Oh, they were eating dirt. <laughs> they were eating dirt every day. Um, my next note is about how Artemis apparently named, uh, he cloned a goat and he named it Bruce, which was the weird part, according to Mulch. Um, yeah. I mean, we should talk about this beginning 
um, because it is mulch just giving a lot of exposition. The whole beginning is just exposition dump after exposition dump for like the first 30 minutes. And they, yeah, they introduce Artemis, how he's like insanely smart for a 12 year old, the smartest boy ever. But then they have this scene where they establish him as like a huge asshole. And I was like, (laughs) they're going to do something with this, right? They can't have this scene where he like shits all over his therapist (laughs) and then, and then go back and and just have him be that way for the rest of the movie. But that's literally it. That's, he's just an asshole who, who thinks he's better than everyone else. Honestly, barely anything is going wrong for this. Oops. I messed up the, the, the screen, but honestly, uh, barely anything goes wrong for Artemis Fowl. This entire movie besides his dad being captured after that, it's just like, kind of smooth sailing for the dude like he's just yeah. so smart and such a badass that it's just like well nothing yeah. can stop me i'm too smart and i'm 12 or whatever i can't remember how old he is it's yeah he's 12 it's clear that this movie was made as like the 12 year old boy power fantasy yeah of like you if you're a 12 year old boy i can see you watching this movie and be like i want to be like Artemis. he's wears a suit and sunglasses and he shoots a gun and he's smarter than all those dumb adults who don't know anything about fairies and trolls you know like see dad therapy is stupid (laughs) could you imagine be like now now son you you can't stop going to therapy just because artemis fowl called out what happened to him after he after he left his therapist some badass shit happened all right yeah no he saved his dad from the evil power rangers villain and uh yeah no i don't have to go to therapy and be like now son you you killed three cats last week and we really it's you really have to keep going to therapy god i would not be surprised if artemis has also killed three cats oh absolutely like if we cut to a scene where artemis fowl is like standing like a hereditary style like cuts a bird's head off with a pair of scissors i would be like yeah that tracks i can see (laughs) artemis fowl doing that uh, and to be, I want to be clear here. I'm making fun of the movie here. I don't care what the book. I have no clue what the book, how the book handled oh, yeah. Artemis or anything like that. He probably a lot better than that, this movie, but, uh, I've never read the book. So my pure knowledge of this character is from this movie, which <laughs> he seems just like an asshole kid who just knows everything apparently. Yeah. And there's like nothing wrong with establishing that he's an asshole and really smart, but like, you have to have a character arc. We have these things called character arcs. <laughs> this movie doesn't. And what happens is in the beginning, you establish a flaw. And then at the end, they like overcome it or it becomes a challenge to the point where they have to address it. Never was and, it a so challenge I, in, the, in this entire movie. Like that was his, that was his benefit the whole time. Like, yeah, I assumed we were going to get the scene where, <laughs> Someone comes in and Artemis is like, oh, well, I'm already five steps ahead of everyone. And then he fails and someone's like, maybe use your head less and use your heart a little bit more, you know, like a kid's movie. Um, And Artemis (laughs) Fowl learns a lesson. But no, it's literally just him being like, oh, I already know what's going to happen and everything's planned and it's great. Yeah, Um, literally. (laughs) The only only thing he did plan was, I guess, the butler dying which which it's set up that he hates being called the butler but i feel like people call him the butler a lot later in this movie do they i don't know i hear them i feel like i just hear them call him butler maybe it's because his last name is butler right and that was the joke yeah but mulch said don't whatever you do don't call him the butler and I was like, oh, shit, someone's going to call him the butler. and He's going to freak out. But it never. Yeah, you, you'd expect like a Hulk <laughs> moment where one of the bad guys unknowingly is like, don't talk to me, butler. And he's like, oh, no. And then he like rips <laughs> off his shirt and like beats yeah. the shit out of all these fairies. But no, it's that never comes back. <laughs> yeah, no, it literally never comes back. It's just some weird setup. It's some weird character exposition. Yeah, like this movie's all set up and no payoff. Yeah, like literally, it's like someone like did one of those character sheet things that you you do at the beginning of writing a story where you write down like and all this stuff about every character and like half of the stuff isn't supposed to show up in the story. But this time they're like, let's just read down this list of all of their character characteristics that don't pertain yeah, to the movie, and those, really. But, and those character sheets were all written on like index cards. Yes. 
basically. <laughs> um, what else happened? Yeah, the whole basically the whole setup sucked. Like, I don't know. They set up Artemis Fowl and how smart he is. And like all of a sudden we stop. Like, I feel like the movie just stops being about him because all the other characters have more interesting like arcs and are way better people. Yes. Like make you care about them way more. Like, um, I can't remember the fairy girl's name, but it's like Holly short, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Holly short, uh, because this is obviously Martin shorts, um, family relatives. (laughs) Yes. Martin short didn't show up in this movie. He had a cut scene. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, unfortunately deleted scenes, but, yeah, if you buy the DVD, you'll you can get that that one deleted scene with Martin Short, uh, Beachwood Short and Holly Short, classic <laughs> Beachwood. Yeah, um, but yeah, she had a way. She was way more interesting a character than Artemis. Artemis, like, I thought this was also going to be like a dad movie at some point, but no, there's no conflict there besides him getting yeah captured. I mean, like, we can. <laughs> We can talk about it. This movie is very obviously has a huge sequel bait ending. This is uh-huh. effectively half a movie. It's like sets up all this like grander world stuff and all this conflict. And then it resolves the bare minimum in the most like uninteresting way possible. And then they're like, oh, but now the big adventure starts. Yeah. I'd be like, what? No. So I had that's just like. I'm I'm befuddled because it's the clunkiest way to set up a sequel, which this movie is definitely not going to get. Yeah, it's su- it sucks because it, like they they clearly made this with a sequel in mind, and this is like I don't know. I would compare this to like um, like Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows Part One, th- things like that. Movies that like ended on like things that. Like, there clearly isn't a climax in this movie, which is weird. Like, there is, yeah. but it sucks. It's literally, like, them doing a spell remotely to bring back Artemis's dad. And it's just, like, the most anticlimactic thing ever. Because you're like, obviously his dad's going to come back. Obviously this yeah. is going to work. And well, like, when, you, when this movie started, it set up this giant, like, grandiose world... And then the whole movie takes place in the mansion, which can work. Like, there's no reason that, like, you can't have an adventure just in the mansion. Uh, but the resolution of saving his dad, like, if you're going to sequel bait something, you know, rescuing his dad would be the big thing. Because that's all Artemis cares about is getting his dad back. Um, he doesn't give a shit about anything else. And so for the movie to end with them being like, we got the magic egg corn, we can wish your dad back here. And then they do and it works. It's just like, there's, there's no satisfaction in that. There's no stakes. There's no tension. It's just like, okay, we snapped our fingers. He's back. And, and the thing we needed was in the house the whole time. Yeah. It was, I don't know. It was like some weird double. Cause like the real biggest point of action was like the end of, the whole the whole battle at the mansion or whatever felt like the real like highest point of action to me specifically the troll fight um but mm-hmm. then they like have to do this whole other sort of climax where you're like okay well now they got to get their dad back and like you're almost tricked like you're tricked into thinking this isn't the resolution this isn't the beginning of the resolution but it basically is yeah. because like there is no tension it's literally just them in a room doing a magic spell and the only tension is, is it going to work? When it's like, yeah, it's obviously going to work. Why wouldn't it work? Yeah, they, they set it up. <laughs> the fairy can do the magic. So, And that's the thing. I assumed what was happening there was they were going to use it to teleport themselves to the like icy mountain base where the bad guy was. And then they would have a big better. fight with the bad guy. It would have been way better than just Yeah, like- that would have been like a thing that happens in a movie. But, you know, it's like... I'm, I'm trying to think of like a good comparison. It's, it's like star Wars, but if instead of blowing up the death star, they just wished that the emperor died. They like <laughs> just made a wish and then the emperor kills over and dies and the empire is like, Oh, I guess that's it. And that's the end of the movie. It's straight up. <laughs> like what they it found is. the magic wishing rock. Yeah. That's straight up what it is. It's like, it's such a cheap way they didn't earn it it doesn't feel earned at all to get their dad yeah. get their dad back i mean i guess they went through a lot to get the rock but 
And when you examine the fact that like the entire conflict of this movie is based on a misunderstanding, it's like oh, this entire army of fairies converges on his house and has like battle plans and and is set up like all this like tanks and shit. And then the whole movie is like, oh no, my dad gave the artifact to your dad to keep it safe because the bad guy was coming. And I just d- guess didn't communicate that to the fairy army. Um, <laughs> so we had to do this whole like mini war at your house yeah. for this thing that was in your house. Yeah. Like you step back and you're like, what just happened? Like what is happening? And at yeah. some point I was I thought it was just going to be like a scene at his mansion and then they would move to a different location or something. But the whole like movie, the whole like second half of the movie is at the mansion at this point. And they're doing this battle in a time bubble, which I guess works in two ways. You can freeze time in it or outside of it. And I don't I didn't I don't understand the time bubble. All right. I'm yeah. Confused. No, I I was also confused by that because. So they have these devices that freeze time. They make a big bubble around an area. And so in the beginning of the movie, this troll interrupts a wedding. And then, so they use the time bubble to stop everything, um, including the troll, right? The troll stops. Uh, I think, I don't, it's, it's been a hundred years since I've seen this movie. <laughs> Just kidding. It's been like five hours. But I, yeah, yeah, the troll, the troll she stops. stopped. The, they use the time bubble to freeze all of the people at the wedding. And then she beats the troll. And then she does a men in black like zap on their eyeballs to make them forget about the troll. And then they restart time. And all of these people at the wedding are suddenly like, holy shit, our wedding's destroyed. And we have no memory of the last five minutes. And (laughs) apparently the fairies are like, yep, that's fine. Not suspicious at all. Yeah. (laughs) And then they do a second time bubble. But this time, everything inside the time bubble isn't frozen. It's going great and the rest of the world is what's frozen this time <laughs> I, I don't even know if that's like true or not because the only <laughs> thing we see freeze is a man flying out of his fishing boat to his certain death um, I, I have no clue and then because like <laughs> artemis wouldn't it have made because we here's the thing we know that fairies can operate inside a time bubble even when time is stopped because oh. holly is able to like move around so why wouldn't they just freeze time on artemis and his butler and all that shit that's what they could just walk into his house i'm like why is like i they put the time bubble around it i was like wait why is artemis still moving around like what is that like i thought this was supposed to freeze time for humans and that's like the easiest way to do this you just you just go into the time bubble and steal whatever the hell you're looking for which was the girl you walk into his house you (laughs) rescue holly Maybe you figure out that the artifact is in there, but they have instead they opt to have this huge war with this 12 year old boy and a butler and also a 12 year old girl who gets like three minutes of screen time. Um, it's just it's bizarre. It's one of the most bizarre like writing choices you could make in a movie. Adaptions go because in. They Adaptions set up how the technology works and then they use it in a different way yeah like again let's let's make another star wars reference luke turns on his lightsaber and he has the scene where he's like deflecting laser blasts with his lightsaber and then later in the movie he uses his lightsaber to like i don't know like hack a computer we'd be like wait what the fuck (laughs) it can do that like what plugs it in like a usb you're like what yeah (laughs) i'd be like guys i'm hacking the computer no the lightsaber also hacks computers and that's also all i'm gonna do with it for the rest of of this movie (laughs) i'm just i'm not even gonna fight with it i'm just gonna hack computers now yeah yeah they can't i feel like they set up so many of these fairy world things just to like just to make it, it made it so confusing and made no sense. Um, it could, of course, had to bring in um, what Bill O'Reilly would be saying if we were here right now. Uh, adaptions go in, adaptions go out. You can't explain that, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, there there's a sea of YA novels. Um, does the lightsaber use talk to R2 as well? Probably. Um, but yeah, there's a sea of YA novels that they can turn into movies. Um that they will continue turning into movies for the rest of time. Uh, much like comic books. It's that's just what we're leaning on now to, to make movies. 
also I do want to say apparently if we're if we're really jotting down the rules of this time bubble apparently record record players don't freeze in a time freeze um, that's also true that was also something that was weird <laughs> so I, every time like a new piece of lore came up I would write like record players don't freeze in a time freeze and then I would write noted <laughs> so yeah I've noted you all can't these rules make like that specific you can't make the argument that it's like only organic material freezes because it stops a giant tsunami wave and it stops a boat in midair. Yeah. And I want to make special mention. So when they're like turning off the time bubble, um, and and honestly, like this is probably the more cool visual sequences is when the time bubble's going fucking crazy and all the fairies are being like ripped apart through time and <laughs> yeah. like going in reverse. Um, I thought that was fun. But Holly goes to save the guy who gets thrown off of his boat. But what she does is she just grabs him puts him on the boat and then the boat still falls like 50 feet through the air yeah, I'm like, and the tsunami wave is still coming. He's still dead. He's still dead. You <laughs> he's did still going to die. She did the bare minimum to help that man. He is dead. <laughs> Just pushed him into his boat. Like at least you'll die with your boat, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Also, the tsunami wave, I guess, won't affect the mansion, even though it's right next to yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know, man. Don't pay attention to the movie. Obviously, you're paying too much attention to it. Um, I, I did also like, I wrote down that I really liked when Judy Dench, um, when they all landed and then Judy Dench, her door and her spaceship open and she went top of the morning. Um, and then, Oh, that was great. I remember that. (laughs) What a moment for her. Um, yeah, the most badass line you can say that was like, that must've been like a punch up of the script or something. Like it was just felt so out of place top of the morning like it's like our, oh it's an fairies ireland. also I f- irish i forgot it was in ireland so that's why they were saying top of the morning i get it now yeah no i got that <laughs> i also thought it was really funny at the beginning of the movie where they're like artemis fowl lives in the most magical place in the world ireland <laughs> and i was like oh that doesn't have a lot of you you because like i always think it's funny when people do that shit where they're like oh you know the most magical place on earth it's Des Moines. And you'd be like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like you can't just name a real world place. Like no real world place sounds magical because we know there's no magic there. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Des Moines, Iowa. Yeah. I just thought that was funny because I was like, you can't just say an earth place and expect me to be like, oh yes, magic. I guess for kids maybe, but like imagine a kid in Ireland watching that and be like, what? Yes. No, not really. <laughs> this is where I live. Ireland deserves yeah. some better films. All right. Name a good yeah. film that takes place in Ireland. You can't. No, I can't. Yeah. I was going to say Last Jedi, I think, shot off the coast of Ireland, but that yeah. is technically does not take place in Ireland. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, if you're in the chat, name one. <laughs> Artemis lives in the most magical place on earth. Disneyland. That would be pretty fun. <laughs> um. What else I was going to say? I, also, the, another piece of technology I didn't understand was the thing they called X-ray vision, um, which didn't look like X-ray vision when we got Mulch Diggum's perspective of it. It just looked like they were using his eyes as a camera. Um, so that yeah. was <laughs> very confusing to me as well i was like wait does he have x-ray vision because you're not visualizing this in the movie that he can see through walls right now but you called it x-ray vision is it just a camera like what has happened (laughs) i want to call out another piece of technology while we're on this they get the troll that they captured in the beginning of the movie and they're like we gave it a bunch of shit to make it allergic and angry um and then they're like we're gonna sick the troll on them to like i guess eat them um, which is another point I'll bring up. They turn the troll into a battering ram and like try to smash down the door of the mansion by using a battering ram troll. And I was like, but like, couldn't the troll just smash the door down himself? Why are you like beating his head against the, the troll could just punch through the door and walk in. Baby, you're just not a fan of good movies. Good cinema. I see. God, that's true. All right. So real quick, other note about the troll is that when the troll shows up, Holly is like, they're like, Oh, what's that? And she's like, just something that can eat a person in 2.97 seconds. And it can eat a, a fairy in under one second. And I'm like, but the troll was at a wedding 
filled with humans and all he did was throw them around <laughs> he didn't even eat he them. didn't he try to hungry. eat one person did he try to eat any if of that, them or was he just throwing it around i think no he he threw them around he beat them up um i it's just like if you're gonna make a threat of a troll eating someone don't have the previous scene with the troll be where he just kind of like tosses people about willy-nilly for no reason <laughs> it happens so often in this movie that they they say something and it's like oh that's set up and then it's just like yeah nah that was nothing that was just a little and was fact. it was it set up that the trolls care about that artifact no because <laughs> because trolls the way they make it seem it seems like the trolls are just like wild animals and but at a certain point in the troll fight they grab the egg corn and they're like hey look at this and the troll's like oh i gotta get that but like why why does the troll care about the artifact uh yeah i have no clue we have some updated uh irish movies i guess from chat yeah luck of the irish which um is a movie i saw on disney channel that takes place in america uh the That's I- true. the irishman which uh, does take place yeah, in America. The most magical man in, in <laughs> Martin Scorsese's filmography. Yeah. Um, Michael said Last Jedi, bad movie, which... Um, He's wrong. That what We weren't asking that question. Uh, but yeah, it it's true. Wrong. We didn't ask. Who asked you, Michael? <laughs> and then uh, Tom said a real answer, which is The Devil's Own, set in Ireland, starring Brad Penn Harrison Ford. So it's got to be decent. Okay. Ever. I can imagine there's some magic in there. Yeah, there has to be at least a little bit of magic. Um, oh yeah, where did Sing Tom? You saw Sing Street, right? Where Where is that movie? I know that's in the UK. I don't know which island, which like part of the UK, which country in the UK. Yes, yeah. Brooklyn. That takes place in Ireland a little bit. Oh yeah, despite yeah. being called Brooklyn. I, yeah, I saw that movie. <laughs> so yeah, I can I can relate. Um, yeah, no fairies in that. No fairies that we know of in that one. Very true. Um, uh, so I was very—I don't know. Towards the end, I was very confused, like why the beginning of the movie was how. But they eventually explained that they got Mulch arrested on purpose. I was like, wait, what was the beginning of the movie then? But apparently, they just got him arrested on purpose yeah it it wasn't explained i i feel like maybe that was a deleted scene or something clearly this movie i feel like was a little bit of a hatchet job i think they wanted to get it as short as possible um but yeah it's just like artemis was like hey mulch i want you to get arrested by like the fbi maybe um or like the irish version of the fbi and then we'll rescue you and basically you're just gonna sit there tell them this whole story like taunt the shit out of them and then we'll bust you out yeah so and that's I, my plan. I guess the whole movie is taking place uh, in Mulch's FBI interview, right? So, yeah, it's his it's his recollection of the whole thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, this movie's awful. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> um, one other thing I wanted to mention of now that we're at the very end is um, Mulch at the end when he gets rescued he like reveals his dwarf ears and he says if you believe in fairies clap your hands and then flies out the top of the roof and i said out loud what does that mean is it so i guess it's a reference to if you're happy and you know it clap your hands but then no one clapped their hands and like what who wrote this? It's like an alien wrote this movie and was like, this is a thing that'll make sense. Kids love if you know it, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. All right. They'll love this reference to the classic hit song. This is a, a great reference that makes sense in context. So say I, the writer of Artemis Fowl. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was an awful line. I, I don't know. Well, I, this whole movie's trying to be badass. I feel like. Artemis Fowl is supposed to be like the kid James Bond or some stupid shit that... No, because they wrote a bunch of YA novels that were about young James Bond as well as young Indiana Jones. I I am a little bit curious because I assume the book is about fairies. Like, base level, the book's got to be about fairies, right? Yeah. So I'm curious how far out of that realm they went to make this movie. Yeah, I just like... I don't know. I didn't like the fairy stuff at all. Maybe I just didn't like the fair world was like, obviously it's in the center of the earth or whatever. Like it's not going to be bright, but I was kind of disappointed how dark it was and grim. I think, yeah, I think (laughs) the point 
that like you're making is that it just didn't feel magical yeah it i don't know they had like a chance to like make something cool and they just made something that was like kind of ugly and like not it looked like a star wars city yeah a lot of this movie reminded me of star wars and i was like why are they they're just trying to make this star wars and i'm like i don't know there's just a bunch of stuff that reminded me of star wars like meeting yeah like judy dench's character felt like a star wars character to me and like this whole i don't know they were like planning things out like in star wars like everything just seemed like star wars and i was like this shouldn't be star wars probably right Okay, so it kid has said something fascinating. Mm. He said the author pitched the first book as Die Hard with fairies, where Artemis is Hans Gruber, which is like kind of the most insane thing I've ever heard. So Artemis is an asshole, <laughs> but he's like a, a criminal mastermind. And I guess maybe Holly is trying to sneak through his house to take out Artemis and get her shit back, um, which sounds like a good ass movie. <laughs> um i would watch that i would watch a movie where there's a 12 year old asshole sitting at the top of his mansion and a fairy secret agent has to steal his magic egg corn hell yeah i'm down i still haven't seen die hard so okay that's i mean i don't have to tell you that's great what if i saw, what if artemis fowl was like that and i saw artemis fowl first so then when i saw die hard i was like just copying artemis fowl this is just one of those Artemis Fowl ripoffs. You know how everyone's just trying to rip off Artemis Fowl now? Yeah. Come on. Just another one of these Artemis Fowl ripoffs. I'm sick of this. Yeah. I don't know. There's yeah, this. same director who did Predator, and I'm pretty sure he's in jail for tax evasion now. Mm, tax evasion. Fun fact. Very fun. Yeah. Very fun. Love, ev- love evading my taxes. Um, oh, okay. So in the book, Artemis kidnaps Holly... And there's no egg corn involved. The book is just a rescue mission for her. Okay. I, I guess that would have been better. I don't know why you would name the movie after the child who sucks, but <laughs> name it Holly. Um, name it Mulch. Yeah. Diggums. Name it Honestly, Holly Shorts. Name it Mulch Diggums. Horrible kidnap time. Mulch Diggums is a catchy name. You should have named it Mulch Diggums. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would have seen a movie called Mulch Diggums. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, have we even talked about him opening his mouth and shitting out dirt? when he I, I everyone's seen the memes at this point just like go on twitter <laughs> search mulch diggums you'll see the one scene where he opens his mouth wide in the most horrifying way possible and eats a bunch of dirt and then the dirt shits out his butt um <sighs> it's terrible it is like i don't know that is clearly aimed at some young children right there i would laugh it's at that. body horror i don't know what child would be into that i think i would probably laugh at it as like a eight-year-old i think it's mainly because my dad would probably think that's hilarious if he saw it today oh, okay uh, that's his sense of humor he would f- find that very funny that they decided to make it i mean he also had heart underwear he's pooping out dirt like what i don't know why they like <laughs> they didn't have to do that right they could have just had him eat no dirt. <laughs> no i mean i guess here's where we exist we live in a world where i'm making a movie and I have to have a character called Mulch Diggums. Yes. And his thing is that he digs. <laughs> yeah. And I guess he eats the dirt. Um, you can either make it really tame and I guess have him be like the guy from Atlantis where he just digs really fast and you don't see. But if you're already here, maybe you just go for it. And you're like, you know what? He's going to be wearing like heart boxers <laughs> and the dirt's going to shoot out of his, a hole in his heart boxers. And we're all just going to live with that. And we're all going to go home to our wives and our kids and we're going to accept that we made that movie. <laughs> but I wouldn't have even questioned it if he didn't shit the dirt out. If he just ate oh, the absolutely. dirt, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have been like, but wait, wouldn't his stomach get full? Like no one's like I'm upset about that. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's, that's why they, you have to have that guy on set. Oh. That guy has to be on set so they can be like, wait, but wouldn't his stomach get full? And the director's like, ah, of course. <laughs> Someone, someone get VizDev. Someone tell VizDev. We need more, we need more CG artists. <laughs> Wouldn't his stomach get full? Oh, God. He's eating so much dirt. <laughs> like, I don't care. He's you know already, how, like, he's a magical You know creature. how, like, animals that dig eat the dirt? You know how that's how tunneling and burrowing animals do? We have to do that. 
<laughs> like he's already a magical creature that eats fucking dirt and pulls his mouth open. I'm not going to question like the fact that he d- digests <laughs> dirt, dirt in some different way. You don't have to show me that he shits it out immediately. <laughs> like, and it's yeah. immediate. Like he immediately shits that thing out. Oh yeah. It's, it's a one way tube. It's a single tube that <laughs> flows from mouth to butt <laughs> to allow him to eat the dirt real fast. Jesus. Uh, yeah. God, I would like a scientist to just go into the anatomy of mulch diggums, please. Oh, yeah. We'll get one of those, like, we've rushed in Star Wars a lot this episode, but one of those, like, Star Wars encyclopedias where they show, like, the cross sections of the <laughs> spaceships and all the, they show a cross section of the lightsaber, but this one's just going to be a cross section of mulch diggums <laughs> and his whole anatomy. <laughs> please i need to see i need a whole yeah it's imperative that we we learn this information i need neil degrasse tyson to do a podcast just about mulch diggums <laughs> yeah where's neil degrasse you know every time they release some fucking movie about space neil degrasse tyson is always there being like oh technically a starship couldn't move faster than the speed of light and there's you know a parsec is a distant but like this movie comes out where's neil degrasse tyson being like hey you can't eat dirt and shit it out real fast <laughs> idiots i'm an astrophysicist stopping t- what is this time bubble it makes no sense yeah come on neil neil <laughs> stop critiquing fantasy if you're gonna critique fantasy movies as if they're based on hard science then you have to do it for every single fantasy movie absolutely come on imagine if nolan directed this film this direct of his how yeah. different it would be it's Nolan, Kip Thorne, Brennan Tyson talking about Interstellar and Artemis Fowl. That would be, oh I would listen to that, to that podcast a day and night. I would just constantly. Oh listen. my God. Could you imagine like podcast concept where you take two people who've worked together. So we take Christopher Nolan and, and Brana, whatever his first name is. And the whole conceit of the podcast is they watch each other's movies and they like, review and discuss them oh my god and so you have Branagh coming in being like yeah i watched inception oh so brilliant and like i loved how you did this effect <laughs> and christopher nolan sitting there was like um <laughs> I, I saw her was foul and but, you know i really liked how when um the troll you you killed the butler it was like a comedy moment <laughs> that was unexpected because like the troll falls on the butler but it happens in like a funny way where his butt falls out <laughs> that was an interesting choice and then he almost how you dies. made the death of an important character like a, a funny thing he almost dies and like he has the other 12 year old girls like his niece or like some family member of his and she is not in the room like he is like he likes artemis better than his own niece <laughs> Or whatever his niece yeah. is just like oh she's just there she's she's like oh my uncle's dying i don't give a shit and then yeah <laughs> this is like if alfred had a son but alfred only gave a shit about bruce wayne yep basically <laughs> it's just like he's dying his son's like trying to talk to him he's like bruce i want to talk to bruce bruce bat you're, you're so cool bruce all that batman shit is fucking sick bruce dad you're dying be like, be like dad. dad dad i i just i just finished law school i'm gonna be a lawyer <laughs> who who are you <laughs> yeah um <laughs> jesus oh, god yeah can we it kid uh basically makes a quick point he says the kind of vfx work that went into making the black hole in interstellar is the same effects they used to make mulch diggums <laughs> um which reminds me of there was a twitter thread i saw recently where people were posting movies that had the same cinematographer but it would be like it, i don't remember it would be like jack and jill and then like some insane prestige movie that's beautiful had the same dp <laughs> and everyone was like sharing all these threads of like terrible movie great movie same dp and everyone's like how is this possible <laughs> well it's because the dp doesn't make or break a movie <laughs> it's true uh, they i mean directing has a lot to do with all that they they just set up the camera yep uh, if, if the writing sucks then then they're out of luck so i should i should clarify the dp doesn't just set up the camera there's a lot more to it than that come on come on baby i know a lot of dps are gonna be pissed at me listen i know the all the dps who listen to this podcast yeah <laughs> um can we end this podcast? 
can we end this? I mean, we, if we, we go any longer, this podcast about? will be longer than Artemis Fowl. <laughs> do we have anything else to talk about? Because I don't. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'll just say that like the movie's 90 minutes, which is really short for a movie. I felt like I was watching it for four years. <laughs> Same. Um, it's just kept, every 10 minutes, I would check the runtime and be like, it's only been 10 minutes. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Is Artemis Fowl a big boy movie? <laughs> no i couldn't even bring myself to make a joke no it's obvious i mean we haven't done that in a while but just in case we'll clarify arms foul not a big boy movie we watched it and have scientifically determined arms foul is not a big boy movie no it ain't it yeah this ain't it fam squad um Next week, we're going to talk about something that is very close to my heart and going to be very emotional for me. So I'm glad we got this one out of the way. (laughs) Um, But until next time, stay big, you beautiful boys and girls.